it's too caught up in banking on old names and old franchises and 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 characters that that people have already know it's banking too much on big flashy um productions and and stuff like that and it's moved so f- and and it's and also and it's banking too much on trying to advocate some some political idea that it's like you talk about you take all of those things and you and you shove them together you're so far away from the core from doing from just doing the basic core things of what of what storytelling is about and has been about for centuries this is way of the artist with brandon colby cook and evan schulte exploring the challenges of the creative call so that you can claim your own path and make your life a work of art All right. Well, hopefully third time is a charm. (laughs) Third kick at the cat on getting this one to go ahead. So let me try and run through it quick. I was watching Interstellar last night and I was like, this is a fantastic movie. Not a perfect movie, but a fantastic movie that encapsulates so much of everything you want, not only in movies, but in storytelling. (laughs) And I was thinking about how, you know, this, why why aren't these movies more common right now? Like why, like what's happened? Cause that's not, it's not even that old of a movie, but it, there was something so novel and refreshing about watching a movie that I've seen for the third time where it's like, you know, it's got everything that you want. It's got, it, it's got real emotional storytelling while at the same time, it's got that spectacle and that grandiosity to it that, you know, is so, you know, and, and, for those things to come together, it's like, it, it's such a rare thing today. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about just storytelling and, and what is the importance of, of storytelling and, and what it's really serving, I guess. And, and maybe just about movies in general. So Brandon, what, uh, what do you got? Well, I, yeah, I mean, we're kind of recapping here because we tried recording this a couple <laughs> times already and it keeps getting shut off. So I don't know if this podcast will make it or not, but if you're, if you're hearing it, we somehow survived. <laughs> so, you know, I think, I mean, I, I don't know. I like, I guess my point is really just that filmmaking is in an interesting place right now. I, I think that we're going to have a revolution in the next five to 10, 15 years, which sounds like a lot of time and it might take that time, but right now we're caught up in the business of it all and the business and the art are like a weigh scale, you know, and I look at it that way. I think the business it has too much weight on it and there's not enough on story right now. And that's why I think we're, we're failing to see that great work where it has that personal story and spectacle at the same time, which is really what makes the ultimate movie. I think in most cases, um, where you can make it personal and yet bring people to the spectacle from a movie standpoint, that is kind of the ultimate, the ultimate balance. I think what's happened with, with a lot of movies now is we got this video on demand and for video on demand companies to really make their money, they need to just produce a lot of content. And I think what's happening is from the video on demand 
side of things, we're getting just a lot of stuff getting pushed through just to keep those numbers up, to keep that catalog large because they want people to keep paying their monthly fee and they got to just kind of keep having stuff for them to watch because people watch, you know, several movies a day now and they crush shows in like a weekend and stuff. Right. And then from the movie theater point of view, I think what's happening is, is they're not confident in their ability to get people out to the theater. And so what's creating is a very conservative filmmaking process. And so they want to have these safe choices, pre-sold franchise type stuff. Mm-hmm. And what's happening is it's, I think it's, it's a matter of kind of playing it safe, being pulled in too many directions at once. And yeah. And I think there's, I think the whole point of this conversation, I mean, what's I'm, what I'd say I'm excited about is maybe looking into story and going like, for those of you out there who, you know, are tomorrow's filmmakers and tomorrow's screenwriters, or storytellers in different mediums, I think this is a great conversation for looking into like, how do you, how do you do that? Because we're going to need those people. Eventually the storytellers are going to be called on again, you know, and Nolan is a great storyteller. The thing is, is that right now, maybe great storytellers are not as in demand because the business is kind of, you know, managing, but I think it's just managing. I think it's just, yeah. you know, I think it's just staying afloat. Because you look at uh, you look at the way um, some of these movies like Indiana Jones, the latest Indiana Jones, how they're performing and what's going on, and mm-hmm. uh, you know the, the canary in the coal mine is already the going off, right? And so there's yeah. warning flags like, hey, warning signs, this is uh, this isn't working. You know, you can't just paint by numbers here. Yeah, and and that is, I do take that as yeah, a very positive sign that a lot of this stuff that's just so, you know, and and it we don't like to be super critical people because making like stuff like making a movie is hard is a hard thing to do but you know it's it's there is there's just so much shit that's being made right now that that yeah is is not is is not really you know like it's like it's it's checking all of these these boxes, but like, yeah, the fact that there's no success coming from it is is an encouraging sign. It's like where everyone's just sort of burnt out from just the same crap because everything does sort of just start to feel so much the same. And I think that part of when so like I think maybe part of this conversation might be good to maybe hover a little bit around the movie Interstellar just because you know that that seems to be it's a good frame of reference that we can maybe talk about a couple of different things, but it's like one of the things for me about interstellar is that like, there's this intensity and there's this weight to everything that's going on, you know, from both uh, the, the character, the character's personal story, there's, there's real weight and impact to that story. And then there's real weight and impact because he's literally trying to save the world. You know, I think that that's a good thing when you look at like how many movies there are, like a lot of the comic book movies where there's also literally a saving the world scenario that's going on. But it's like you never really feel any sense of of terror around that whole thing. Like that's that that's a that's a terrifying thing to really think about. And I feel like so many of the stories now, it's like they never really dive into what that would actually look like. What would, what what, does this actually mean to people? And so it all just kind of comes off as being unimportant 
you know, it's like you're never actually really particularly concerned that things aren't going to work out, that things aren't going to be okay. And again, I've this is like probably like the third or fourth time I've seen Interstellar. I know how this movie ends, and yet I'm sitting there watching it like I don't know what's going to happen. You know, because like there's just it everything is so there's so much care that was that was put into just great storytelling that has me that has me pulled in that has me in, invested in in who these people are and you know i feel like so many movies today you know like they they're just so trying to get to some new like they're just trying to get to the next cg crazy cg action sequence you know and i don't look i don't have a problem with that with big cg action sequences but you've still got to tell me a story that gives me a shit that makes me give a shit about that thing happening and i think that for me that's so much of what's missing from movies and there's some sort of it's basically i i i would call it lip service to building character building emotional investment for me as an audience member where it's just like it's just some token thing. It's just like, oh, they came from a rough part of town. Look, oh no, no, like they're and then and then that's kind of it. And then we're immediately thrust into, you know, just some sort of crazy spectacle thing. But they they haven't really earned, they haven't really earned my emotion, like my emotional connection. And then ex- somehow expect me to have some sort of emotional response to something that happens in the story. So I'm I'm starting to go off on a rant here right now, but. Yeah, I mean, those are for starters some of some of the things that uh, Interstellar. Just rewatching this movie has really has really pointed out to me in in a not that I wasn't aware of these things, but it's it just became almost even more poignant after watching it. Just like how shit so <laughs> many big movies are now, because Interstellar was a big movie. Mm-hmm. It was a big movie. And there's so few big movies that are of that quality anymore. Well, I think one of the challenges with film and movies in particular is that they, they need mass appeal. The big budget ones need mass appeal because it's really about getting everyone and their dog to come out and see it. I mean, that's kind of the, that's kind of the challenge with big blockbuster movies. And so that's why they tend to be more watered down compared to your, you know, what people call films where it's actually more, uh, it's more niche and more in a focused audience. And I do think that, you know, from a cinephile point of view, that's why most cinephiles, people who really like movies, they appreciate the smaller budget ones because they appeal to a more specific audience and you tend to just get better quality when you're not trying to please everybody. So I think from a filmmaking point of view and just from a blockbuster point of view, it makes sense that some of these big movies are going to be a little bit watered down. You know, that being said, I think they're skipping some things like, you know, there is a paint by numbers thing going on and, you know, and there's whisperings about movies being written by AI now and and they're testing that out to see if people notice. And I think, you know, people are like, well, really come it's written by AI. I'm like, actually, yeah, I think that's what's happening. I think some of this stuff, I think they're literally putting it through AI they're going, okay, it's got to hit all these check marks and da da da. And, and the problem is, is like 
right now, AI can do a lot of pretty cool things, but it doesn't quite get nuance. It misses something. And you, you, you know, you see this, if you play around with like chat GPT and, you know, this type of thing, and you start to see that it misses nuance and it really takes a mindful person to put nuance in. Otherwise you end up with this very vanilla, very bland type of, um, uh, the thing coming back, even if you build upon it, it really takes the nuance that you have to put in there to try to get it to kind of come back with something. And I think that's where artists really are so valuable is they understand nuance. They understand these things. They, they understand emotional things that the general audience might miss, but we kind of get it. You know, when, when, a movie, like just to throw another movie into the mix, because I just recently rewatched uh, a movie called Bull Durham, which isn't a blockbuster. It's, I would say, you know, it had Kevin Costner at the time, which and Susan Sarandon. So it had some big actors in there. And, you know, it had a decent budget, it wasn't a blockbuster. But I've seen that movie a few times and I rewatched it again. And I was like watching it all over again for the very first time. And that's because it has nuance. And there's things that I just didn't even get when I was younger. Like, I don't love baseball by any means, but just to give people a lowdown about what the movie's about, Kevin Costner's character is like this old ball player. And he's um, he's kind of breaking on being the top home run hitter in like the semi-pros or something like that, right? Which is, his whole dream was always to go to the show, which go to the big leagues, right? And he, he, he apparently he did for a little bit, but he's just never really been kind of the guy and so he's been this great player that was just not good enough and then there's uh this star pitcher who's this young guy who's got a great arm but he's kind of an idiot and kevin costner kind of takes him under his wing as a bit of a mentor they play on the same team kevin costner's the catcher and he's got the pitcher whatever and susan sarandon's kind of this um you know this woman who's kind of very involved with the ball team and the guys and all that stuff but anyway, um, getting Kevin Costner's struggle and and understanding it this time when I watched the movie of someone who's kind of going after their dream, but they have never really blown up and become a big deal and all the nuances that come with that. And, and I could see the hurt that was he was carrying with him. And at the same time, this the guy, the guy shows up to play the game, which he obviously as a kid was his dream. Like he, he's like, can't wait to be it. And now he's a working ball player. And I think this is an interesting thing for artists out there to think about this. You might have dreams of becoming a filmmaker and you have these big dreams of being like Christopher Nolan, you know, big people like that. And you might just become that working filmmaker. And like that nuance of your art gets watered down because now you're just trying to make your paycheck and get your next job and do your next thing like anyone else. Mm -hmm. And so in this film industry, you know, people look at when we're young, we look at these great filmmakers who somehow broke away from being working filmmakers and they became essentially these stars. That isn't normal. That's a unique thing that, that doesn't happen for everybody. In fact, it's a very, very rare thing. So, you know, I think part of what we're trying to talk about here, Evan, is we're talking about <laughs> those people that break through and create something truly special. Mm -hmm. Whereas most movies, because there's so many movies being made, so many shows being made, they're just made by working creatives, not, not visionaries. But I think like part of this talk is like, you know, 
where do where does the visionary have a place and why is that so important and why should we keep aspiring to that even when we have careers even when we are just working like that that childhood dream you know mm-hmm. like people when they dream of playing baseball or something or or hockey i don't know like Wayne Gretzky you know basketball michael jordan they think of being that star right but in reality when most people make it they don't become the star and you know and 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 I think there's a part of that in story where we kind of, we just kind of go, well, this is what gets the job done, mm-hmm. you know? And I feel like that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about a lot of movies that the job kind of got done, but we're like, no, I like, that's not what we're after. When I go to a cinematic experience, I want heart. I want nuance. I want desire. I want a real story. I don't want it just paint by numbers. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I want, I think you said it. It's like, I want a real story. I don't just want a bunch of, you know, colorful images in front of my face. You know, like it's, it's, I'm, I'm grown out of that for many decades now. <laughs> yeah. You know, like of, of just being dazzled by, by colors, like, and yeah, it's, it's really, it's that story element. And look, it's, I think that the way that things are, yeah, there's always, there's always just those incredible storytellers, you know, like, like great directors who they just kind of find their, their place. And throughout history, there's storytellers who are just, just had a, had a cut above the rest, but that doesn't mean that they're hasn't been room for a lot of other really tremendous storytellers who have told really wonderful stories that are still with us, right? Who are maybe what you consider more like the working, the working type, right? And then, and then there's, you you know, but yeah, there's always those visionary types who kind of just everyone's in, in awe of because of, they bring some kind of awareness sensibility to the thing that's that's just you know i think they just let they're people who have a capacity to really just let this thing flow through them in a way without getting too too down the road with that and woo woo with it (laughs) but you know i think that across the board and i mean again we're talking about like just big giant blockbuster movies with huge budgets huge teams behind them and they're like there's no reason why this should be this shit (laughs) to be to be blunt like there's no reason for it and it really just feels a lot of time like oh we just need to keep this train rolling it's just about keeping the the train rolling and without any sense of like well why you know like like uh that that question there was a question that Chekhov used to always ask before every you know, his, his company would do any, any play, you know, it'd be like, okay, well, why this and why now? Right. Why are we telling this story? What is the importance of this story? And, and I feel like so much of the, like so many of the stories that were, are being told right now, you know, like they really don't, there's something so how to put it, Brandon, how to, how to put it like there's, it's not like they don't have some reason as to what they're doing, but it's so, it's almost like it's too small. 
you know, like the, like the, like the, there's something too much of an agenda, you know, to it. Like there's something, it's too political, right? Like it, it, that's, and it's just shoved too much in your face. And, and that seems like it's a big thing. Oh, we're going to make a political statement, right? In some fashion. And it seems like it's a big thing, but it's not. That's a small part of the human story, the big mm-hmm. human themes. And I think that that's what's, what's gone. It's like, we don't need those anymore. You know, we don't need these great archetypes um, in our stories anymore. You know, it's like, that's, that to me is the thing that's, that I feel is so, is so lacking right now. It's like, and, and it is, it's too color by numbers. Everything is just, and I don't know what the solution that is necessarily but i mean i think that again as you were saying the fact that a lot of these very big budget movies are just absolutely tanking not just at the box office but critically as well like critically uh, you know both audiences and critics alike are just being like this is just this is just more drivel this is just more more of the same shit and the more that happens I think it's going to open the door for, okay, well, what can we do? What can we do for movie watchers now? Where are we going to go to? And I think it's just, it, it will be like, let's go back to the fundamentals, right? Let's go back to the basics. Cause I feel like that's like, it's, it's, it's too caught up in banking on, old names and old franchises and, and, and characters that, that people have already know it's banking too much on big flashy, um, productions and, and stuff like that. And it's moved so, f- and, and it's, and also, and it's banking too much on trying to advocate some, some political idea that it's like you talk about, you take all of those things and you, and you shove them together. You're so far away from the core from doing from just doing the basic core things of what of what storytelling is about and has been about for centuries you know it's like don't rewrite the formula go back to basics go back to the basics and then come back to us and let's see what you've got (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know i think with storytelling it's designed like real storytelling and i yeah i use the word real is about bringing people together and the storytelling we're getting now, particularly in movies is about dividing people and, 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 you know, it's too segmented. That's not what a story is about. You know, I think the thing is, is that what story does when it's done well is without saying it, it helps you understand something that you didn't understand before, but it doesn't tell you, Hey, you need to understand this. You need to get this. And if you don't like, there's a problem with you, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you look at, um, you know, I'm just using this, I'll use this uh, Bull Durham reference, but like the Kevin Costner character who's a struggling ball player. Most people don't know what it's like, but you watch that movie and then all of a sudden you might start to get, this is what it's like to be an aging baseball player who never really quite made it in the, in the major leagues. You know what I mean? And like, Mm -hmm. who cares? Like a lot of people, it's like, yeah, but who cares about that? Yeah. But you, that's the thing you do watch the movie. And all of a sudden you start finding that you care. Yeah. And you care about something that you didn't care about, didn't matter to you, and wasn't even on your radar. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh man, I get that. 
in my own way, I get that. And yeah. so I feel like, you know, that saying uh, created by geniuses inherited by idiots um, <laughs> or morons is, is, you know, without directly insulting anybody, I think that's a little bit true. You know, there's like quit remaking and rehashing the stuff or changing the stuff that someone else made who was a genius and make your own shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like yeah. make something new. And, you know, at the end of the day, if you really care about story, you'll find out that nothing is really new. It's just a new take on something old, but you're not, you know, you. but, but it's your take. It's, it's a personal take. It's a nuanced take. It's not like, you know, you take someone else's thing and then you change it. No, it's, you find out that the thing that is totally unique and new to you, which you feel like you're the only person in the world experiencing, and you share that story and other people go, I get that. I experienced that too. Just not the same way that you're experiencing it exactly. But I appreciate that you shared your perspective and showed your side and your insight. And, and there's certain things with story that will stay true forever if you actually get into it, like caring about your children and the person you love the most in the world. And, you know, what you would do to, to, you know, if your life is not just about yourself, you know, and, and what that can make you as a person and the kind of thing that will come out of you that you don't even know exists when you start to love something other than yourself. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, without getting too far down the rabbit hole of like where we are as a society, you know, part of the problem with technology and everything that's happening is we've become so bloody narcissistic and so self-involved and self-focused and like, take care of me, make sure I get my own. And as long as I'm entertained and you don't even have to go and talk to anybody anymore, you can just sit inside and, and use technology all the time to, to suit yourself. And that's problematic because not only does that lead to depression and all sorts of terrible shit, because it only is going to satisfy you in the moment, but it's a depleting stock and the more you indulge in your own self narcissism and your own your own thing the more you lower and and shrink yourself it is only through love and expansion and getting out there and finding things to care about other than yourself that you really see how big you are that you really see what your character is mm -hmm. and so to tie this back into interstellar that's such a great story because he's got this daughter and he's got this family and it's like okay well i I personally have this love. And then there's this thing I'm trying to do for the whole rest of the world. And it's this selfish need versus this greater need. And we, mm -hmm. and you know, and we're like, and, and the character comes out of that. Not, not just a character as a person, but character as in principle and integrity and, and some, and the stuff that we like go, man, like I, I, I wish I had that, or I hope if it ever came down to that, I'd have that, you know? Mm -hmm. And and that's and then that's the spectacle of movie because we love to dream of being the superhero, but if the superhero isn't really a superhero, if they're not doing anything that's of any character, who gives a shit? You yeah. know? Yeah. Like it, it it that's the part of the reason why it's so exciting, because it's so hard to do. <laughs> mm -hmm. And we get that, and so then we we go on this journey, right? Hey everybody, this is Evan, and this episode is brought to you by my book. Yes, I recently released a book called The Actor's Awakening, Connecting Spirituality to Craft. Expand yourself as an actor and your craft through a spiritual perspective. 
Take a journey that will explore universal philosophies and insights to help you understand human nature in a profound way and develop practices to take your work to another level. Again, that's The Actor's Awakening, Connecting Spirituality to Craft, available on Kindle and paperback on Amazon. And as always, if you like the show, please subscribe. You know, it's it's interesting because there's this, you know, the the Matthew McConaughey's character in there. Like, yeah, there's so many things going on. And he was like this, you know, he's this brilliant guy. And he was this this pilot who was supposed to be going up into space before everything, all this shit happened. You know, like where basically he became relegated to being a farmer, you know, to like make crops so that people could eat because, you know, the earth's in a dire situation and he could, you know, just had it was intelligent enough to figure out how to grow crops well. <laughs> but it's, you know, he is, here's a, he also had that component going on in his story as well, which is he never got to fulfill this dream of going out into space and, and going on these. And he says, in in the in the movie he's like he's like you know we used to be we used to be pioneers and explorers you know and that like that kills him he's like we've become so small essentially he's like and we used to go out and do things and in a way it's like that i feel like that comment almost echoes into this conversation where it's Mm -hmm. just like yeah movies you know as a medium it used to it was it was a pioneering thing people it was it was so creative and experimental and like people were, were trying to do, you know, really like tell different stories or, or just using the medium in, in all kinds of ways. And, and it's just, it's like, it's such a, it's a stagnant pool now, you know, like it's just, there's no motion that's going on in, in that way of really other than just trying to like make, make the CG more realistic from year to year to year to year. And it's like, really, is this, is this the, the whole thing? I mean, I, I will say, I think that the only thing that you can say has maybe been interesting to give credit, because look, I, I enjoy myself a good comic book movie. I do a good one, <laughs> but when they're terrible, they're really terrible. And there's a lot of really terrible ones that, that have come out, but I will give props that it's like the whole idea of like the MCU that's that's like a whoa we're gonna like make all these different movies and then they're gonna tie into each other and we're gonna you know we're gonna ramp it up and when you look at some of the best of those some of them are really quite great well I'll well like if you look at sort of how that one phase ended basically with um uh what was it Infinity War and Endgame but particularly Infinity War. My God, did they hit a lot of the right notes for just basic storytelling. And right out of the gate in that movie, it opens up with some of your favorite, beloved, most powerful heroes. You got Thor and Hulk getting the shit kicked out of them by Thanos right off the, right off of the top. You just see them like, just fucking cooked and it's like oh shit like this is a real this is a real danger right and so there's this whole thing how are they going to stop this guy like we've there's great storytelling just in in terms of like you're getting so much information and it's creating a feeling in you that whether you're aware of it or not but it's doing it very intentionally and 
even the movie itself, how Infinity War ends, it ends with the bad guy winning, which took every, it took me by surprise. I did not expect it. And again, that was like, that's some pretty great story. And then the story goes on, but it's like, I wasn't, it, it totally turned around exactly like how I thought these movies, how this movie was going to go. Because it's like, okay, yeah, I know the formula for how all of these go. And said, like, well, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to take it and we're going to flip this on. And it's like the bad guy's going to win and it's going to fuck you up a little bit. Right? <laughs> and, and and it did. I, I sat next to a girl in the theater who just, who just like threw her hands in front of her mouth. And she was just like, what is happening? What is <laughs> happening? Is everyone's dying? You know, but it's like real odds, real, real struggle real failure you know and how does everybody and then how does everybody confront that which was basically what endgame was how did everybody deal with the failure with their mm-hmm. failure and it was a massive one right these are core stel- storytelling things and and sacrifice and you know and people you're fighting for and again not a perfect movie but if i just wanted to like try and point out how it can be done successfully in a genre that I'm ragging on pretty hard right now throughout this conversation. But it's like, look, it's, you can, you can have great story and spectacle. It can be entertaining and have explosions and make you cry. Like all of that stuff, they're not mutually exclusive, right? They can come together. So yeah, I don't know. Mm. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's, I think it's important to kind of identify why, why things work and why they don't work. And, you know, I, I mean, I think with movies, there's something special about movies and particularly about how they're, they're such an origin of how we consume entertainment. They're such a big part of it. Like when you can go back and you can say, well, it was like more like theater and whatever, but like from, from a, you know, video captured type of situation. Like it's, uh, you know, it's these movies. And so things are moving more and more into the television medium where people want to see these longer drawn out stories where characters develop and they, they get those little kind of, you know, it's not so much about spectacle. Sometimes it's about, you know, with TV, sometimes it's about kind of a, a conversation or a relationship development. And that's satisfying for people but when it comes to a movie, I mean, you have like, what, an hour and a half, maybe sometimes 80 minutes to maybe you got a few hours, but like you're, you're in this tight window. Mm-hmm. And I think for that medium to really flourish, it does require a certain amount of spectacle. It requires a certain amount of, you got to bring us, you got to bring us somewhere that's a little bit special. That's a little bit unique. Mm-hmm. That's, um, you know, and I mean, there are those rare exception movies where it's not really about that, but, but on, on the standard, especially for blockbusters, you got to bring us something special, but I think that doesn't mean you get to skip out on those most important parts, which is like that human relationship, that character development, you know, that stuff, you, if you just go straight to spectacle and you go, I get it. Movies are all about spectacle. Let's make it a spectacle. It's like, no, like the spectacle doesn't matter until we care about the characters, until we care about the narratives and the stories and the and the personal stuff. And, you know, I think 
from like a from a producing side of things, I think a lot of producers, you know, they look at making movies these days a lot like, hey, you know, like I want to make money and I don't want to lose money. And, you know, and I get that because at the end of the day, there's a certain amount of like, would you put your money up for this if you didn't know you were going to get it back? I mean, you know, for the people who do it, I mean, they're not interested in taking risks and like risking losing all their money, especially when it comes to like millions or tens of millions or hundreds of millions, you know, like Mm -hmm. they're not interested in that. I mean, who would be? So, you know, I, I think that as artists, what we need to do is we need to come to the table with stuff that, that makes people stop and go, Hey, you know what? This is worth taking a risk. This is worth giving it a shot. This is like, because every great movie has a champion behind it somewhere, but, but it, they didn't just champion it because they were like, Hey, I know I like this. It's like something landed with them, mm-hmm. something connected with them. And it made sense. And when you're, when you're talking about things that aren't like pre-sold franchises where, you know, they already have a proven audience and all that stuff, and people are going to take a risk on something new, you got to have something in there. That's going to get people. That's going to hook them. That's going to, and not like, I'm not talking about all that standardized bullshit where it's like, I know I'll make an exciting moment in the beginning of the movie. I'm not talking about that crap. I'm talking about stuff that somehow it sneaks in and gets in your heart somehow. And and you, and you walk away from that story and you go, man, I keep thinking about it. And it, it, it like it, it, it rattled something in me a little, you know, and sometimes it's not always a comfortable feeling, but it's enough to get people to like, you know, hang on to it a little bit after emotionally. And so I think, uh, you know, whether we like it or not, we're going to end up heading back that way Mm -hmm. because people aren't going to want watered down vanilla bland storytelling. They're going to get sick of it. And some of us are already sick of it, but, but we might be the early adopters and Mm -hmm. you know, the, the people who come like, eventually people are going to be like, yeah, this is just boring. Like, it's just not, it's not satisfying. And people will just choose to do other things. And so that, you know, I think I, but I don't think story is going anywhere. Oh, no. You know, they might change in the mediums in which we tell story and how we relay story and what we do, but it's not going anywhere. So if you are interested in storytelling, I think it's in your best interest to really figure out how to do it well and try and figure out what makes a great story and, and, and what makes a not so great story. Yeah, I think in so many ways, it's like people have have just forgotten to a certain extent, you know, it, it because of so much of what's come out and and what continues to come out, especially like I think for for younger people, because it's like you just kind of like the way things have been going for the last while in movies and and whatever. It's just like in, in it's so much of what you've seen and. For some of us who are a little older, I, I'm not saying this to be patronizing or anything like that, but, but you know, for those of us who are a little bit older, it's like we remember a time when the movie theaters had like, man, every weekend, especially in the summer, there was like a bunch of new stuff coming out every weekend. You had comedies, you had dramas, you had action, you had all kinds of just different things coming out all the time. And, and there was, you know, you had all of these choices and there had to be, I think in some ways, like 
I think that's part of the problem with, with some of the technology is that, is that it can become so easy to rely on those things, right? It's, it becomes easier to do, to, to try and do a spectacle thing, right? It's like when you can, when you can computer generate, you know, a crowd of, you know, thousands of people where back in the day, it's like you used to have to actually hire a shit ton of extras to do that kind of stuff. And so a lot of these things weren't even feasible. They weren't economic logistically. Right. But, and I think that it's, you were, you were saying something about, you know, episodic content, like, like TV and, and that sort of thing where it's like, yeah, I think that in many ways, a lot of those, a lot of those great stories have gone to TV and episodic because Because in a way, it's like they can't rely so much on the spectacle side of things. They can't rely so much on having great visual effects. You got to be kidding okay. me. Okay, um, let's just finish it off. You said uh, you, you were saying um, something about uh, shit. Fuck, now I forgot. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, I missed that part. I was talking about like sort of like T. I, I started getting into like TV and film and like why there might have been a change there kind of a thing. So like, okay, so yeah, like it's just, I was just mm. talking about how, how like, you know, in many ways it's like technology has sort of shifted things and, and made it easier to take some like cut corners and just try and, and any, I think that a big part of why a lot of episodic and TV content got, you know, upped in quality, not always because there's a lot of shit that's made on TV too, but it's, is that you don't have these huge budgets to compete with movies in terms of creating that kind of spectacle. Not typically. It's very rare that that happens because like movies will pretty much always be able to do better visual effects and, and have a more polished product in terms of like just the visual production and production side of things than a TV series can. So the TV series can't rely so much on, on being able to do that as a crutch. So they still have to rely, I think a bit more on storytelling and world building and character and character building um, as one of their main drivers as to like what is bringing people back to watch the show. Right. Um, it's not, it's, I don't, I'm not saying that as like a 100% rule, but it is interesting how over the last number of years, people have gotten so much more into episodic content. And I think it's because it's like, well, that's because there's more stories. There's more good stories being told there. Movies have become just sort of this place where you go and, and watch the fireworks. Right. It's like, let's just go and watch the fireworks over here and then I'll get my stories over here. Mm -hmm. But there's something I think that's we're getting fatigued with that whole sort of thing because it's like eventually it's just like, OK, like how much more of this do I actually have an appetite for, you know, especially when it's all so much the same. And and so, yeah, I, I am I am, you know, optimistic in that. Yeah, like these things usually, you know, the pendulum always swings back and I think we will start to see. Um, a greater push into going back to what what makes great movies great and 
you know, in, in many ways, I, you know, kind of coming back to the Christopher Nolan connection, you know, like I wa- I rewatched Interstellar because I was, I'm excited to go and see Oppenheimer when I get the chance. Um, and, you know, I hope it's as, as I have pretty high expectations on it. <laughs> I've, I've amped it up pretty high for myself, but you know, it's, it's encouraging to me that it's like, well, here's, here's a story. Like, here's just a, here's just a story. And, and I know it's going to have some spectacle to it as well. Um, although, I mean, that's a whole other conversation, but there's so many things that make up spectacle other than like action scenes and visual effects, you know, like there's, there's so much more that, that a spectacle can be than just that thing, Mm -hmm. you know, like a great performance from an actor you know, is a spectacle. Watch Daniel Day-Lewis and There Will Be Blood. Watch um, uh, Meryl Streep in Bridges of Madison County. Jesus Christ. Like, it's just, like, that's that's spectacle too, right? Like, it's just watching an incredible performance by somebody or watching an incredible ensemble cast or whatever it is. There's there's so many things that, that fit into that category. But um, I'm encouraged by the fact that this movie has come out and is being as well received as it is in that so many people are going out to see it. It's an indicator of it's just like, yeah, you don't need, you know, you don't need some sort of old franchise or, or, you know, comic book character to get people to come to the theater. You can, mm-hmm. you can just, and I mean, certainly Nolan carries a, a, a big weight with him in terms of bringing people in, but it's like, but there's a reason for it. It's not just because of his name. He's had his his name is what it is because of what he's done, right? Because of the stories that he's told, and we just go, "Holy shit, man!" And that's why I think that he's one of the absolute best in the game in terms of, like he he has figured out something about making a story that has everything to it. You know, like it's it like a. a a foundationally strong story with good characters, but like really extraordinary plots and, and moments where you're just like, Whoa, like he just shows you something on screen. That's just pretty amazing. Like, you know, inception had like, there's so many sequences you can think of there. You're like, Whoa, what a visual spectacle while there's the story of this guy just trying to get back to his kids. You know, interstellar has some of those sequences of going into like wormholes and black holes and, and shit like that and <laughs> what what else oh yeah and like something like uh the dark knight you know when like he flipped like he literally flipped a real semi truck in the middle of downtown chicago you know like like so don't tell me that it's like that like that you can't do both of these things right mm-hmm. like it's like he does both of these things in in a yeah well i mean like kind of, way, you know, I think all this is before we share a beer here. Spectacles better I, because you care. About I don't it. think that there's a, like if you're listening to this and you're right. thinking, so okay, anyhow. like I get yeah. it, I know the I'll stop. the I'll trick stop. or the answer, or whatever. Like, just get that out of your head. That's that's not that's not what I think this is about. I think there are certain elements of this conversation where we're kind of talking about like we're hinting at things that have seemed to work, and you can. You can don't look at it as like the answer or the way, but look at it as like, you know what? Maybe my film is really solid and grounded with character and nuance, but maybe I need a little more spectacle. And and so then you could look at how you might throw that in, or maybe you got this great spectacle of a movie and you might think, hey, you know what? 
it's kind of vanilla or bland or watered down because there's not enough character nuance. And like, what, like, what could it be if I found that other thing? And so what I would say, you know, where this talk has kind of led me before I wrap this up is just look at story a little more holistically. Don't look at it as the paint by numbers. Try to find the image, find the depth of it in the process of creating it. Don't come into it going like, oh, I know what this is. I know how to do this. You know, mm. I I would I would be willing to bet that even Nolan, as much as he understands story and has a process and know what he's doing, I, I'm willing to bet that he still finds his way at least a little bit. Because there's, I've never, I've never really seen anybody have any type of great art without finding it a little bit. There's, there's a part of it that just has to be discovered in it. And, um, you know, I think that this stuff that is watered down and bland, it's not leaving room for that. That's, that's my theory on that. Yeah. But anyway, I've, I'm having this beer, uh, Evan, and I think you've had this one before, but I don't think I ever did. It's called uh, super blue and it's, um, it's by parallel mm. 49 and it's, yeah. uh, they call it a, I think it's an N2 blueberry haze. So it's nitro, nitrogenated, <laughs> but I guess they use the nitro, whatever, whatever that is, that process to like make it smooth, take all the bubbles out and all that stuff. And it kind of gives this real smoothie. It's pretty good. It's kind <laughs> of, um, it's definitely very blueberry. It's definitely got a little haze. Um, yeah. It's almost kind of has like a touch of a sour yeah, yeah. in it. I don't really know because maybe the blueberry, but anyway, it's been nice. It's been, uh, it's different. It's unique, but it's, uh, I wasn't really sure. It was kind of a gamble. I'm like, let's try it out. Let's see if this works out. And uh, it's been all right. I've been, uh, I've been enjoying it for the podcast. So how about, how about yourself? nice oh uh, nothing uh, i've definitely had this on before and it's uh not nothing nearly as interesting as what you've got but it's um steamworks they're they're kolsch kolsch from steamworks hot day felt like something brisk so i got like a like you know like one of those variety things so i've got a bunch of different ones in there although uh you know i know we're going to be hanging out this weekend so there there might not be any left for for the next few weeks yeah. but we'll see um well but no, it's, it's, any it's any good. final I mean, thoughts Steamworks, you want to share before like we call it a day know, they're solid they're pretty damn solid so all right yeah i i mean i i'll i'll give it a i'll give it a shot i mean i and i hope that this on my end of things, at least, I hope that this episode didn't just come out with me just like ranting about how how discouraged I am by so much of the movies that have been coming out over the last while. But yes, you know, something you said, um, you know, just at at the end there is uh, really hit it, it it hit something. It struck a chord with me in that you know that that whole part of the discovery, right? And I think that. You know, that's, that's thing. And like, you look at, at like a big company, like, um, like Disney, you know, and, and, you know, like with Marvel, they've got everything pl like plotted out over the next however many years. And there's not anything necessarily wrong with that, you know, but it, it does leave you with that feeling that at times it's just like, no, everything is just too 
there's just not enough of that unknown element that's in there. There's not enough of that, like that little injection of chaos, I guess that we, that we talked about recently, you know, in, in the whole, that whole process. And it's so essential to, to creating anything remotely that you would consider being creative, right? Like there's gotta be that element of like, I'm not sure exactly where this is going, but the thing is, is that you still have to come in with a sense of, of, of something that, something that feels like you've really got to, like you're really got to say this thing in, in this story. Like I've really got this, this fire to tell this story. What is that? You know, and it doesn't really feel like there's there's fire in it. Like it's just like again, like so much of it just feels like it's checking boxes. And know this in any art, I know this about acting as well. It's once you're starting to go about like checking boxes in when you're when you're thinking in that way about what you're doing, you need to take a take a step back, right? Because it's that's not what this process is like. It's not like it's not a machine where it goes into it goes into this machine now and then it moves into this thing like it's just on a little assembly line that's not how that thing works it's something that's that's grown right like you got to plant you got to plant this seed and you got to tend to it and you got to water it and and it starts to come up out mm. of the ground and and you still you're still watching it and taking care care of it and seeing what it's doing and and responding like it's it's an organic process but there's st- there's still things that you have to do in order for that tree to actually sprout. You know, like there's, there's, it's not that there aren't things that aren't processes that you need to go through, but it's like, it's not, it's not, yeah, it's not an assembly line. And I feel like that's what's kind of happened. We've got assembly line movies. It's just an assembly line of movies coming, coming down the track. Right. And it's just like, holy shit. Do we need another one of these? Well, and, I like it. Uh, I mean, I, you know, so you know, I think it's always an organic pro- process or and the um, organic natural process of creativity is, you know, there is maybe something that we can, we can even explore there all in its own conversation. But yeah, I would say that there is something about that. You know, you, you, I like the analogy of looking at like a plant and watching it grow and seeing what it needs and responding to it. And having a bit of this moment to moment relationship with your creativity where, you know, one day you're like, okay, well, this is what I'm doing and this is how it's going. And then the next day, all of a sudden, some kind of insight or some spark or it changes or it takes a turn. And that's where the creativity kind of really exists in your willingness to go off the mark and go off the plan and, and follow it down, you know, whatever that that way it wants to take you and to see what, what happens there. And also I think, you know, one other element for the creatives out there who are trying to, you know, they're trying to find their visionary story is that your story is not something that you need to know how you're going to, you don't, you don't necessarily need to know everything about it. It can be as much of an experience for you as it is for the first person that ever sees it. And that can be a frightening thing to take on because you're like, well, what if this, what if that, what if whatever I would suggest for anybody who really wants to tell a great story, in my opinion, 
what I've seen where people tend to succeed the most and where I've succeeded the most myself has usually been in, in the errors, you know, you make mistakes and sometimes you got to backtrack a little bit and you go, you know what? I went, I went too far. I went, I went off the rails there. I got lost. Okay. But that was good because that helped you see something that you couldn't see. And if, until you kind of go off the rails, you don't even know where the rails are sometimes. And the rails are not like uh, the paint by numbers, which a lot of these movies and stories try to try to go by, but they're, they're, they're hidden under like moss and grass. They're like hidden under something and they get revealed kind of as you go along the way. And then suddenly you realize, Hey, this is the way I'm on the way. Wow. And you, and that that's flow and flow is like, suddenly you like, and you're, you're on track, but you didn't even know the track was there, but it's just so perfect. And you're like, how did I end up here? I don't even know. And, and that's part of the creative process. I think that for the future, I think that's what the real artists of the future need to embrace. Because right now we're in a very controlled, very paint by numbers model. We're in the business is running the show, but the art is going to take over again because nature always takes back over and the nature of art will take over. And in that time, if you want to be primed, if you want to be ready to be that visionary storyteller that we need, embrace the nature. When everybody's over here painting by numbers, you embracing the nature is going to be special. So don't do what everyone else is doing. Do what, what, what you need to do. And that's what's going to make you a Nolan and not just somebody that's kind of out there working on this stuff. Thank you for listening in on our conversation today. We hope you found something helpful that you can carry forward with you. Head over to our website, wayoftheartist.com, for more free exclusive material and learn about the show. If you haven't already, please support us by subscribing to the show, sharing it with people you know, and keeping compassionate, creative conversation going.